Hello, my whizzes. You are listening to episode 84 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Over the past year, we have seen the rise of virtual pitches in our packaged products industry. And today's episode welcomes one of my very favorite people to talk to about all things grocery, Joe Tarnowski with ECRM. In today's episode, Joe is sharing the lessons that he has learned as ECRM Connect hits a huge milestone of facilitating one hundred thousand buyer seller meetings on their virtual platform. We're going to discuss how you can succeed as you do your digital wholesale pitches, what to expect from those virtual meetings and how ECRM helps make those connections for you. So we're going to talk through following up after the meetings, how on earth to handle the logistics of samples, plus where we are headed with the future of virtual pitching. Let's get right to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. Welcome, Joe. Great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm such a big fan of your podcast. I love the in the trenches, practical (laughs) information that you guys deliver. So uh, I'm honored to be on it. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked for this too. So Joe, let me tell my listeners a tiny bit about you before we get right to it. Okay, so listeners. Joe has been creating content for the retail and CPG industry for the past 30 years. He is currently the VP of content for ECRM. So I'm going to tell you more about them in a moment. If you're not already familiar, he is the host of the ECRM ECRM podcast, where he interviews retailers, brands, and industry experts about key trends and industry issues. I've actually been a guest on the show a few times, so I'll be sure to link up those episodes in the notes today as well. Prior to ECRM, Joe spent 14 years as the editor with Progressive Grocer Magazine. I think that might be how he and I first met. And he has also written for trade media brands, including Convenience Store News, The Gourmet Retailer, Store Brands, Retail Leader, Food Service Director, Drug Store News, MMR, and Chain Drug Review. That's a lot. So he 
is a powerhouse in our industry. So Joe, like I said, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I'm excited to finally be on the other side of the table here. Like I said, you know, I've been on your podcast a few times and it is, it's about time that our roles are reversed here. So we got a lot to talk about. I want to start right at the top. Can we start by talking about ECRM and like what the heck you guys are? How's that sound? Sure. And before I get into that, uh, I just want to mention it was Progressive Grocer when you yeah. and I met. I actually handed you guys the Outstanding Independent Award uh, when you were a buyer at the at uh, buy right. NGA at show. Buy right. When yeah, you were at exactly. Buy right. In fact, Buy right was one of my uh, earliest cover stories when I was running Progressive Grocer Independent Magazine. Wow. <laughs> God, that was, yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I think it was 13 or 14 years ago. Yeah. Gosh, so, we're, I'm, yeah. I'm dating myself now, but yeah, that was a long time ago. And I think we, I think we've concluded that you and I were at least like in the same room, right? We were like tangentially yeah, was, like floating around because you I probably handed you that guys. off to Sam. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I think you I know, met uh, the group. I don't, I okay. think it was you. I don't think Sam was there that year. <laughs> it was been. you. Could have so. been. <laughs> oh no, uh, well, it, it, my memory's hazy a little bit. No, but. I was going to say, I think it just proves how hazy my memory was of that of that whole event. So <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, Joe. So let's let's talk about ECRM because I I imagine there are some listeners who don't know what ECRM is. So you guys have been around for over 25 years, right? And traditionally you facilitate buyer and brand face-to-face meetings and in an in-person, not virtual setting. So let's talk about a little bit of the background of the company who the, for those of, of my listeners who don't know what ECRM is. And then can we talk about this shift that you guys made over the past year as you pivoted towards virtual pitches? Sure. And I'm going to start very high level because I know later on we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of how things work. So in a nutshell, ECRM connects buyers and sellers of fast-moving consumer goods in category-specific, highly curated face-to-face meetings at scale. So so for buyers, we enhance their product discovery capabilities and category planning efforts. And for brands, we put them in front of those buyers that are looking for their products in a very efficient and targeted way. Uh, by matching the brand's products and capabilities against the the buyer's needs and objectives for the category. So that, the crux of what we do, hasn't changed in 25 Mm -hmm. years. Like you said, we've done them in person that whole time. We don't consider ourselves an event or a conference. You'll hear me use the words program and session because we're really a different animal. We're all about those direct connections, uh, there is education, there is networking, but we're really the core of our business is making those relevant connections so that every buyer that one uh, of the brands is meeting with is a potential uh, uh, business partner. So yeah, totally, totally. And, and the way we used to do it was for the past 25 years was <laughs> at hotels. Now, these are all category-specific programs. So we would normally have anywhere between 80 and 100 of them per year. Uh, any ca- We cover wow. any category you'd find in a grocery store. So yep. health and beauty care, food and beverage, general merchandise, um, a pharmacy, medical, you know, pharmacy uh, as well. So we would have, I'll use beverage as an example. Great. For our beverage program, traditionally, 
once we do all the prep work and all the matching and, you know, the curating, the schedules, because it is very high touch. There is Mm -hmm. a lot of prep work, Mm -hmm. uh, which we'll get into. But once we were at the hotel, each of the brands had their own meeting space. There was three different types of meeting spaces. One was 20-minute meetings, one was 10-minute meetings, one was five-minute meetings. So the 20-minute meetings, we take a hotel room, yep. take the bed out, put a <laughs> meeting table in there and two yep. display tables. Yep. And uh, then for the 10-minute uh, uh, meetings, it was a ballroom with 10 by 10-foot meeting spaces, uh, again, with a meeting table, display tables. Yep. Five-minute meetings were um, tabletops. Yep. and the buyers had their schedules, you know, by the time of the live program, they had their schedule, it was already curated. And they would just go from meeting space to meeting space in these private meetings with the brand. So the brands had all that dedicated time in front of that buyer who was relevant. So that's really, you know, what, what, what they love is the fact that they're getting in front of, they're not having to flag somebody down yeah, as they're walking down an aisle. That's you exactly know? what I was thinking this whole time as you're talking. I'm like, you know, we all know the big trade shows. I love them. You love them. Like, you know, they're, they are great, but you're really at the whim of the traffic that walks by your booth, right? You're mm-hmm. like, I really hope that my category buyer from XYZ dream account happens to walk by the sea of, you know, tens of thousands of booths, right? Yep. Um, and so that's really the the biggest difference is that you you're making a curated connection. You're saying, yep. hey, you are a beverage brand and you are a beverage category manager. <laughs> Why don't you and guys that's meet? The key too. Like, yeah, period. that's the key yeah. too. It's not it's not like you see a retailer walking by, you grab them into your booth. And it's not your category manager. Right. It's not, yeah. you know, yeah. the only people who are allowed to participate are the brands that are relevant to the category and the mm-hmm. buyers who are relevant. So it's completely targeted. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we actually hear this in Retail Ready, where people, where where emerging brands are debating where to spend their marketing dollars. And they're really debating, you know, if I only have the budget to go to two trade shows this year. I only have the budget to do, you know, one event, like what should it be? And I think there's, you know, there's arguments for both, right? Like there's, there's mm-hmm. certainly the argument for going to Expo West and be having that experience. And there's the argument for having a more curated connection as well. Right. So I think there's a, it depends on where your brand is and their growth. And I think we can talk about this a little bit more later, but um, there's, there is a time in your brand's growth when that curated connection is exactly what you need. Yeah. And we say the same thing. I mean, of course, selfishly, we'd love to have everybody just <laughs> spend all their money with us, of sure. course. Yes. But there is a place for the conferences and the expos yep. and for ECRM to, to live in harmony. I mean, you want the exposure. You want that, yeah. uh, you know, that, that uh, the serendipitous meetings, you want the the education that a lot of these larger trade shows provide where, you know, we won't have a whole lineup of speakers attached to one of our sessions. They're too small. They're, you know, they're, they're only for the category. So we may have one educational session or something. So yeah, there is a place for both. And even within ECRM and range me, we have so many different levels of, of the way in which a brand can be exposed so that's there's something for everybody. And and yep. 
Yep. For people who may not know, you know, uh, ECRM, uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Range Me. I know Brandon has been on this yeah. podcast a little while ago, and we acquired Range Me about four, almost four years ago. And uh, we work hand in hand on so many things now. I mean, we're one and the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'll say this as a disclaimer before people. Before you leave this podcast, before you press pause on this podcast, because you have decided that Range Me is not for you, I would encourage you, my my dearest listener, to keep on with us today. Because, Joe, I think some of the things that you share today are going to be really beneficial to that to that listener who is maybe dabbling in Range Me as well and wants to know how they can how can they succeed on that platform too? A lot of the things that we talk about are going to be more universal truths that they can use through and through in their, in their pitches, you know, whether that's on range me platform or virtually face-to-face with a buyer. So can I ask yeah, one no. question before sure. we, we get to the, um, that I want to celebrate your milestone. <laughs> Does ECRM stand for anything? Is that an acronym? You know, that the me, the uh, what it stood for has changed over the mm. years. Right now, uh, officially, it stands for efficient collaborative retail marketing. Whew, um, yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, it stood for something else. Okay. I think it was something related to efficient consumer response, something, or mm-hmm. I don't know, it has changed, but technically, right now, that's what it stands for. This company does like acronyms. As you guys will see that as we uh, get into some of the other things. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I've that's, I feel like I've always had that question. So uh, thank you for clarifying that just for me personally. Okay. So Joe, it's time to celebrate your, your milestone here. I said it in the intro, but you told me a couple of weeks ago that you passed that, that crazy stat of hosting over a hundred thousand meetings between buyers and suppliers on your virtual platform since launching in May, 2020. I mean, that's not even a year ago. Yep. That's nuts. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's taken off much faster than we expected. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, we're now, I think 100,745 uh, face to, you know, face to face meetings between buyers and sellers that involves there's 300 and three, not 300, 3,000, 451 buyers have participated and then 2,965 suppliers uh, during that time. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's been crazy. And and the way it unfolded um, and then I'll get into some of the, some of the things that we've kind of observed from this time is, you know, in, in back a year, it was almost exactly a year ago. When the Expo West show canceled because of the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, oh, one year right? ago, I was like, was it at March 2nd? It, yeah. Or it something? Was, I, I think it was, I think it, I think I flew on March like third or fourth. Um, and, so, and it was, yeah, it was almost it was a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. But the Within a few is, days of today. Yep. Yeah. The significance of that was that was like, the indicator to the entire industry yes. that everything was changing, that mm-hmm. in-person was not yep. happening. Yep. And everybody scrambled, including us. We had, you know, probably a dozen programs between March and April that we had to cancel. Well, sure. we, they, we yeah. ended up moving them, but, you know, that we just couldn't have. And we were all, you know, funny story. I was in Amsterdam when 
that happened because we oh, have a really? European office. So yeah. I went out there with our SVP of marketing, uh, Kurt Repler, and uh, we landed, had a meeting, got to our hotel, and then he calls me down, you know, at like nine o'clock at night. Listen, I got to talk to you. So we went and got a <laughs> coffee. He's like, I got to go back. Yeah. So he literally just yeah. landed that <laughs> afternoon and he had to fly back to Ohio because all of the um, leadership team had yeah. to figure out what to what do. What the heck because, you guys were going to do. Yeah, because yeah. buyers still needed to do to to discover new products and, and mm-hmm. plan their categories. Suppliers, they needed to, to find a way of connecting with them. Right. And, you know, on top of that, the buyers were so busy scrambling to uh, fulfill these essential items yeah. that they didn't have much time. So we were thinking, you know, so so Kurt flew back and everyone's brainstorming, what can we do now and what can we do long term? So, mm-hmm. you know, Rangeby was the first to uh, react where they did their sourcing campaigns. You know, they they for uh, just over a half dozen retailers, they did sourcing campaigns for them and, you know, invited suppliers to submit products through a certain mm-hmm. uh, link for each retailer. The retailers dedicated days uh, at the end of March, just to to review them. Wow, then, that was fast. Well, That's only like yeah. two weeks after it all went down. No, they did yeah. it, yeah, almost immediately. Then during that time, we started doing what we call our efficient supplier introductions, ESIs. Remember, I told mm. you we love yeah. acronyms. <laughs> so, so ESIs, efficient supplier introductions. These were kind of pitches, right? So these were one to many pitches. So we would use Zoom at the time because we hadn't mm-hmm. built our platform yet. And you'd have, they were category specific. You'd have a panel of 20 buyers and then 10 suppliers. Each supplier would get a 10 minute meeting uh, mm-hmm. to pitch to this panel. Mm-hmm. So we did 88 of those between April and the beginning of May across wow. all different categories. Now we still do them. It's still one of our offerings, but now they're hosted on our platform. So, yeah. and then during those six weeks, our digital team, which is amazing, by the way, yeah, it sounds uh, like it. They built the uh, ECRM Connect platform, which is basically, you know, it is has a, it's a video conferencing like everybody's used to with Zoom or yep. with Teams, except it has a bunch of features and it's wrapped in a bunch of services, uh, very high touch services that are specifically tailored to buyers and suppliers of fast moving consumer goods. So that started in in May. And then I think we've completed 92 of them since May. Again, all very category specific. And, you know, what we've noticed since then is, you know, in the beginning, obviously it was a new thing. Yeah. suppliers it took a lot yep. of convincing to get them yes to, to do i remember it. this yep yeah it was you know an uphill battle it was a new thing they're like oh we still got to pay for this but it's virtual yep. and you know and what they what they what they didn't realize then which they do realize now is that you're not just paying to use a platform it's right. all of the services that we wrap around it the curation the getting the, the those retailers there and over time, as the buyers have been using it, it's really truly changed the way that buyers and brands interact. I mean, now yeah. we've had 20% more tier one buyers since we went virtual than when we did in person. 
Wow. 20% okay, so more. T- tell me, tell, tell our listeners what you mean by tier one. Oh, the big ones, the big, the, yeah. the major regionals, the national guys, you know, your Walmart, your Target, your uh, CV, CVS. Those are the tier yeah. one ones, yeah. guys. We also include like the large regionals, like uh, yeah. uh, HEB or Southeastern Grocers or yeah. someone like that. So we have a 20% growth. Plus, obviously, we have a lot more s- smaller uh, retailers because we're not limited. You know, phys- when we had the physical programs, we had limited space right. to handle. Right. Now yep. it's a little more, we can fit a little bit more so we can have a greater variety of buyers, but yep. it's just attracted these uh, tier one guys because the efficiency, you know, what's happened is they've fallen in love with the efficiency. Yeah. You know, the, uh, um, you know, for example, one buyer from Southeastern Grocers, uh, she's been to eight of them since may so she's met with literally hundreds of brands now if we were in person there's no way she could have gone to eight no maybe gotten on 16 flights to to come and you know done these these meetings and yeah no freaking way exactly so the and you know buyers are so busy you're always talking about how busy the buyers are and you're giving guidance to your audience about how to approach them because they're so busy. So now think of it this way, right? A typical one of our programs in the past when it was in person, the buyer would have to fly in. So that's a day. Uh, Mm -hmm. They Then the program lasted three to four days and the meetings went from 7.40 in the morning until like five. Then you had the networking functions and the entertainment and dinner. So that whole week was gone. It was dedicated to a meeting. So the next week when they got home, they were just digging out from what oh, they missed in yeah. that week. So yeah. contrast that now with our virtual programs, which go from noon until five. There's nothing. There's no dinners. There's no entertainment right. at the end. There's, yep. So they have the whole beginning of the day to do their work. They're doing their meetings in the afternoon. They don't have to catch up on anything. They're no. following up so much faster now. Mm. that uh oh, cool. and they have time for you know they have kids a lot of them have kids some of them have yep. very y- young kids the kids are home the kids are learning they got a lot of stuff going on right. so you know it's just it's making their lives so much easier and uh they've just they've we we talk to them a lot to try and get feedback of where they think th- you know things are going and yeah. you know they just love the virtual and on the brand side they love the cost savings right yeah. because they're not traveling yes. they're not booking yes. hotels um they they're not you know the sessions that are virtual don't they're not the the ticket is not as high mm-hmm. as you yep. know the in person because we're yep. not paying for a hotel and all that yep. and the fact that they could just they've learned that they can have meaningful face-to-face conversations with buyers without spending all that money on travel and we're break there's no international boundaries we have yes. some brands that have yeah. uh, cool. customers in Europe and they can't dedicate forget about the money i mean it'll cost money for the, those flights and hotels but they don't have the time to spend to go visit Europe no now they can do it virtually and vice versa we have european re- retailers that are participating in what was traditionally our us sessions mm. because they're finding trends 
here. They're getting a jump on trends here. Like uh, there's a buyer from Boots uh, that I interviewed a little while ago. And he said they've been first to market with a lot of products because they get the trends here, which go there a year later or two oh, years cool. later. Yeah. yeah. So that- it's really opened up a lot of things. Absolutely. I mean, I... I've said this on the podcast before, and I think I think maybe I said it on your podcast. We did a you and I did that episode where we were talking through successful virtual pitches, which mm-hmm. Joe, I'm going to link in the show notes. I feel like that's a good one for for those who are listening to this episode. But um, Joe, I wish I could have done virtual meetings when I was a buyer. That would have made things so much more efficient. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, because when you were a buyer, right, just say yeah. when from your experience, yeah. <clears throat> when you were meeting, if you were having brands come in to meet, how many would you be able to max out in a day? Oh, gosh. I mean, in an ideal day, like I wouldn't take more than two or three. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, virtually you could get 20. <laughs> totally. You could, yeah, you could get 20 or more. I mean, we'll have some buyers in the course of a week have 80 meetings. Yeah. That it's, it's wild. And then I, you know, Joe, the, I think about it from the flip side and then I want to, I want to keep on talking about this evolution of your platform, but I think about it from the flip side of the brand listening right now, right? They're like, okay, Mm -hmm. Ali, Joe, like, that's great that the buyer can meet with so many brands, but it makes competition so much more fierce for these brands. And I, I don't say that to scare our listeners here, but just to realize, to, to make my listeners realize, you got to have your ducks in a row before you're showing up to these virtual meetings because you are competing with a, a broader range of producers and that buyer is seeing so many more pitches. They really are choosing the best of the best. Have you yeah, seen that too? You- Yes, yeah. definitely. And you know what? My biggest recommendation is you got to listen to my interview with Allie on <laughs> the five steps to the perfect virtual buyer pitch, because that is now a prominent part of our prep site uh, educational tools. And it's you're absolutely right. You need to differentiate yourself. And the way yeah. you do that is through your preparation process. And we have a whole bunch of tools, resources, content, and our client success managers that are completely geared towards helping you to do that. And and that's one thing that I definitely want to bring up is that, sure, everybody's thinking, oh, it's virtual, virtual, it's digital, everything's digital. There is, I think the one thing, if I I want, if I'm going to brag a little bit, the one thing (laughs) that truly sets apart what we do is the fact that there's such a huge human component to what we do. We have about 50 client success managers that work with the buyers and the sellers to prep them, get them ready, to give them advice, to be on hand. I'm going to go through the nuts and bolts of it later uh, later on in the conversation, but we have so many people, human beings, that are behind the scenes making this work. It's not like we throw you up on there and you're on your own. We're <laughs> right. the, the moment you register, we're there. Somebody's there for you to call who answers the phone that you could talk to live on the phone and they will guide you through. And as long as you listen to them and right. follow <laughs> right. their guidelines, 
that's you will have good meetings and you know um that's the biggest thing is the prep like you said you need to be prepared because yes there are a lot of suppliers yeah. that you're going to be competing with basically since we're category specific almost everybody else who's going to be there is a competitor right exactly and joe i think this is one of the reasons why ecrm connect is is so successful is that you guys know that you have to help the brands and the buyers prepare for these meetings. Otherwise, they're going to have mediocre experiences, right? And at the end of the day, you ECRM Connect succeeds when you facilitate these, you know, powerful connections. And so if you did, if you guys didn't give the support tools and and do the behind the scenes prep for it, you know, the buyers would be disappointed. The brands would be disappointed. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it just wouldn't work out. Yeah, we wouldn't have buyers coming back eight times, exactly. you know, exactly. if, yeah. if it wasn't work. But the thing is, you know, buyers don't want to have crappy meetings. They don't exactly. want to go in <laughs> and then have a supplier. <clears throat> like one of the fir- the biggest pet peeves of buyers is if a supplier's first question is, so tell me about your company. Yeah. We already got all that information on the prep site. I mean, you got to do your homework and know they want you to come with solutions and ideas and, yeah. and a decent, maybe you can't visit their stores. They're in another location, but you've got a website. They have websites, you know, you can check yep. it out. You can, yep. uh, there's, there's a lot, a lot of ways of researching. So we, we provide all the tools and resources possible for brands to have the best experience that they can and to show themselves off in, in, in the best light. Totally. So you, at you guys actually added a lot of features on ECRM Connect over the past year, right? Can we talk about some of those those features that you added in and like how they help when these virtual pitches? Sure. And, and uh, yeah, we've started out where it was just the, the basic platform. Right. Like, you know, it, it, the started, video well, it started as a Zoom meeting and then you were like, okay, we need to host this ourselves. And you said that's when your team like built out the tech side of it too, right? Yes. And what's okay. funny is... <clears throat> it's new, but it's kind of not new mm. because at our in-person programs, every buyer and supplier was loaned an iPad that had an ECRM Connect app on it. Mm. And it let them take notes, take pictures, rate their meetings. So now we just built out the video on top of that, added a bunch of other features. So, you know, all the features are geared towards buyer and seller meetings and fast-moving consumer goods. So you have, you know, you have the video uh, uh, conference, but then on the right-hand side, you have a note-taking capability. You have uh, the ability to share slides, share videos, yep. uh, all of that stuff. You have a star ranking system. Uh, so you can assign from one to five stars for that meeting. So, <clears throat> and that helps in a follow-up. So, mm-hmm. and I'll get to the follow-up piece, but <clears throat> then you have... Um, so on there, so that's the actual uh, platform itself. Yep. You know, you'll have the customer support button. You'll have there's a, a, a range me button where you a buyer can click that to request samples. You have um, there's also a uh, the customer support button, and this is where we get to the people and the functionality again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> during the live session. We have a team of people that just watch a dashboard of all the meetings happening at each time. And now wow. we've had periods where we had 120 meetings happening at 
the same time. Wow. So it's just a grid of all of these meetings going on, who's in them. And so if somebody hits the customer support button, they're instantly alerted. Mm-hmm. And within seconds, somebody goes in there. And I, pic- I picture like a security guard, like in, a, in like a back office, <laughs> yeah. just like watching this grid of, of That's virtual meetings. <laughs> pretty much what it's like. You can yeah. see it. But they also have the op- the ability to observe meetings that are happening. Yep. So they'll peek in. Nobody knows. You'll just see an ECRM icon pop up when they're being observed, you know, because we want to be transparent. But right. they pop in and out of different meetings also to make sure everything's happening okay. So, yep. for instance, you know, and they're proactive. So if you and I, right, you're a buyer, I'm a supplier, we're having a meeting and my sound sucks, right? right? I, let's say I'm not using a headset. Yep. Um, and they notice that there's an echo. They'll pop into the meeting and say, hey, sorry to interrupt. Just want to let you know your sound quality, your sound is mm-hmm. echoing. You might want to wear a headset. And yep. then I put the headset on, it's fixed, boom, they jump out. Yep. And so they're constantly looking to make sure that the meetings are happening because we're, you know, at one of our sessions, you have, uh, you know, 50 to 100 people on the buyer side, 50 to 100 people, you know, hundreds of computers hundreds of Wi-Fi, right, right. something's going to go wrong. <laughs> something's going to go around. Yeah. Our fault. It may be, a, right. you know, so if they'll come in and they'll try and fix it. If worst case scenario, let's say the buyer had to reset their Wi-Fi or whatever, they missed the meeting. Well, we reschedule that meeting. Nobody mm. misses a meeting. We make sure. Or if they're looking at the dashboard and they see the meeting's been happening for 30 seconds and it just says there's one participant, they'll jump in there and they'll say, hey, uh, we notice your you're, you're flying solo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have they not come in or anything? And yeah. then they're like, all right, I'll go get them. And then they'll call. We have their cell phone numbers. We have their emails. We have uh, everything. So we'll reach out. We'll go and get them and bring them in before they even get a chance to hit the cu- customer support button. Right. It almost seems like you guys are like a, a very high-end dating service. Kind of. I mean, we're there. We're, we're. <laughs> You know, uh, you picture uh, it's with their moderating and making sure everything yeah, runs exactly. smooth. Make sure exactly. that, you know, nothing goes awry, you know, um, make sure that uh, uh, the meetings are happening well and that any technical issues are avoided. And, yep. you know, we do a lot in a prep site, in the, in the prep phase, which we'll, we'll get into uh, shortly. But um, there's so those are some of the features we have. You know, you'll get a two minute warning. Uh, when the meeting's getting close to the end, you'll get 30 second warning and it flashes right across your faces. So you can't miss it. So this yep. way, you know, to jump off or, you know, to start wrapping things up, yep. although you should time it. If you right. watched, <laughs> if you've watched, uh, Ali's interview, you know, to kind of time it so that you can have room practice for Q and A. Yep. So you got to <laughs> practice and, and, and keep the time. So, and then we also added some interactivity. You know, we have a lounge. So people can go in there uh, in between their meetings and hang out. We have a company la- uh, company workspace. I forget what we call it, but it's a company lounge where o- only people from the same company can go. Mm-hmm. So yep. like, let's say yep. you all have a break and you won't want to jump in and just brainstorm on something. You don't yep. have to leave the platform. Uh, we have thought leadership content uh, that's relevant for the category. Yeah. Roundtable discussions, Q&As. Yeah. Uh, just launched uh, the capability for live educational sessions. And uh, we also have Buyer's Choice Awards. So brands can submit uh, products 
to be, you know, voted on by the buyers. So we have a room um, that the buyers would go into and they would check out all the products during their breaks and then vote on their favorites based on innovation and product uh, design and packaging. And then the winners are written up on our blog or in the trade media. We have some Buyer's Choice Awards, like all of our health and beauty care Buyer's Choice Awards, we partner with Drugstore News. So the winners are written up in there. Or we also, for candy, we work with Candy Industry Magazine. So they they write up uh, the winners. Yeah, it's like free PR. Exactly. So we we add, that was one of the first things that we we added. Uh, one of the latest things we added, which is kind of slick because it's something that you just can't do in person, and that's a private chat feature. So oh, cool. Yeah. So say me and you on the same team. We're both yep. brands, yep. and you're in San Francisco. I'm over here in New York. Which, if they haven't figured out by my <laughs> accent, that, that's where I'm from. So. Now we're meeting with a buyer and I'm presenting some products, but based on the conversation, you think, hey, you know what? Joe should be pitching this instead. Yeah, like he's forgetting this feature that I think the buyer is really going to pick up on. So you go into the private chat and you say that and the buyer doesn't know, but this way I can adjust midway and do it. Now you can't do that in person unless you're texting each other under the table. It's super awkward if you're like, yeah, kicking each other under the table. So we got that because of, of uh, feedback where, you know, because we're all working remote, they wanted some way of communicating behind the scenes without having to text each other or whatever. They wanted to do it in the platform. So, and there'll be more, we'll keep adding new stuff as it goes along. Cool. Okay, Joe, I'm going to have us stop for a quick sponsor break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about the nuts and bolts of, of this user experience from the brand perspective. We will be right back. Hang tight. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls, and I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes, and I can't wait for you to join to learn more about me and how I work with clients, to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you, and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. All right, Joe, we're back. I want to talk through the nuts and bolts of being on ECRM Connect and and being in that virtual pitch experience. So, can we use can we use an example? Like, let's say yeah. I'm you know you said beverage brand earlier. So, if I'm a beverage brand and I register for one of your beverage category specific programs, like how does it go down? Well, I'm actually going to change it from a beverage okay. brand to a frozen foods brand because I'm going to use. Natasha Fagri from Frost Popsicles, one yes. of your retail ready uh, <laughs> students, as an example. So just yes. to let everybody know, I did an interview with Natasha. Actually, Ali hooked me up with her. She participated in a couple of our sessions. She crushed it. Yeah. She's already gotten two deals out of it. She was in our frozen food session and our uh, on uh, I think on premise 
adult, no, yeah. off-premise adult beverage session. Yeah, because she does, she has one line that's boozy pop, pop, yes. uh, popsicles and one that's that's not. So yeah, that makes sense that she would have done the um, off-prem like liquor one too. Cool. Yeah. And somebody yeah. used her as an example because she is a best in class example yeah. of someone who really worked our process and our platform in the best way possible. She used your guidance uh, as far as her meetings. Mm-hmm. She worked hand in hand with our client success managers. Cool. Uh, uh, and by the way, got to give a shout, shout out to our client success management team. I mean, they are all stars. They are the ones working hand in hand with these brands yeah. to really, really get them set up. So uh, we'll take it from the beginning, right? So as soon as she registers for the session, she's yep. assigned to a client success manager. I'm just going to say CSM from now on. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> she's assigned to a CSM, right? We got to keep the acronyms going. Exactly. So the CSM uh, has a call with her, learns her, learns about her business, her products, her capabilities, you know, all those things that we need to know mm-hmm. uh, about them that a buyer would be interested in, um, you know, because at the same time on the buyer side, we're learning their needs and objectives that helps us match them up. So yep. uh, she learns all that. She takes her through the prep site. So the prep site is where everything happens before the session. We have a whole bunch of tools in there. She loads up all of her information. Because the buyers will review, they will go through the brands yeah. and uh, and in advance and check them out. So the more information you put on there about your company, you know what differentiates you, uh, your capabilities, uh, where you distributed, anything that the buyer would need to know. So our CSMs take them through the prep site. The prep site also has uh, data. So we yep. have we work with Nielsen and IRI for probably about thirty to forty of our programs, if not more now, and uh, they provide data for the category. So they have that oh, data they can tap so into. Key. Yes. Yeah. And uh, then we also have educational um, uh, content uh, all aimed at uh, meeting best practices. So like yep. we mentioned before, one of them is my interview with Ali. Uh, another one is an interview that I did with a three-time Emmy award-winning broadcast journalist, which is all about you know, your camera being camera ready, you know, how to, so to cool. act and present uh, in front of the camera. We have a few that are actually just examples or interviews with with brands that have actually done a really good job with their mm-hmm. setups. And so mm-hmm. everything that you need to do is on that prep site. Uh, then they take them through a test run on the platform itself. Um, so they'll both log in. Our CSM would, would uh, play the role of a buyer. And they would take them through all the tools, but not only that, make sure the video is optimized, the audio is optimized, that the lighting, they'll give recommendations for their setup, setting up their space behind them, uh, anything. So this way, they're not, it's nothing new. They know what they're getting into. They take their time. If they need more than one, you know, uh, test run, that's fine. I mean, we really, they, they work closely with them. Uh, to to make sure that they're ready. Then they can upload their presentations that they're going to use. They can upload their product images because that's one thing I forgot to mention before on the um, uh, platform when the buyer is having a meeting with the supplier, the supplier has three products that can be uploaded that mm. can show in mm. the platform. There's yep. different tabs. Yep. So this way the buyer can see like their top three products 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the uh, CSM is basically on hand to answer any questions, anything that comes up, essentially to just handhold them through the whole process and make sure that they are completely ready so that by the time the live meetings come, they're ready to go. And, and this is a lot of that- amazing, Joe. I didn't I, realize that it was so robust. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is there's, you, they're not left on their own. And yeah, I, that's where right, the people right. part comes in. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I've talking to friends in other industries too, where people are doing virtual meetings and mm-hmm. they just basically throw them to the wolves. It's like, right, it's like here's your zoom link. <laughs> and if fun. something goes wrong or if they don't know how to figure it out, they're yeah. kind of lost. We yeah. take all of that out of the equation. We want to make sure by the time the live thing happens that, <clears throat> you know, they're good to go. And don't forget, because our process and format hasn't changed, we did the same thing in person. Right. So we were kind of set up to make this pivot because we were yeah. doing this already. Yeah. It's just the actual meeting platform has changed from a hotel to ECRM Connect. But we've yeah. always been very, very heavy on the people side. I would always say, you know, ECRM is about people, process, platform. I love it. So how big or small should a, a brand be before they use ECRM Connect? Like what what stage of growth do they need to be at to like really be successful here? That's a great question. And actually, what's interesting is on the buyer side, we tend towards the larger retailers. On the brand side, we tend towards the new and emerging brands. Mm. I mean, after all, these buyers they can meet with Kraft or Unilever whenever they want. Yeah. You know, they have dedicated salespeople for them. They're looking to find the new stuff, the next big thing, you know? So we tend towards the smaller ones. Now there is, obviously you want to be ready to do business with retail. So you want to make sure that you have your uh, production capabilities ready, your distribution set up, you want to, you know, your marketing promotions, everything needs to be geared so that, you know, if you are, if they say, look, we want to, we want your product in our stores, you can do it. Now you don't have to be ready for national distribution. There are right. plenty of these guys. And most of these guys start with a test run anyway, or a limited region, but you should be able to do regional distribution. You should have some sort of track record. So like Natasha from Frost Popsicles, she was very successful in South Africa. South Africa. Yep, yep. She just started in California, but she's got distribution in some local retailers in California. So she's got a track record. She knows what she's doing. And so she got two deals uh, with some, some uh, larger retailers exactly. uh, from her participation. But she was ready. Now, if you're making products in your kitchen still, you're probably <laughs> not ready for ECRM Connect. However... Right. We, you know, we do have different levels. Those three levels I mentioned before, right? We have um, the 20-minute meetings. We have the 10-minute meetings and the five-minute meetings, which is called the Discovery Hub meetings. Now, Natasha did the five-minute meetings, um, which, I mean, she was able to build her presentation and yeah. still leave room for Q&A. So, but they're different levels. And, you know, everybody has different levels of investment that they, they can make. So we have those different levels. And then we also still have the ESIs, uh, and, and those are a lot less of an investment, but right. they're still targeted, and you're still going to get in front of a bunch of retailers. So depending on your level, you know, the buyers, like you've said in the past, 
They want to see a track record. They want to see yep. if you've been on Amazon, how well you're doing. If you're doing uh, direct to consumer, they want to see some sort of track record, but you don't have to be in major retailers already. We have one guy I just interviewed. He, uh, ha- the company is called Savia. Okay. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. They do uh, healthy beverages. Mm-hmm. Now, he primarily, before coming to us, was only doing uh, independent natural food stores. So, yep. you know, he was used to just calling the president directly or the owner and saying, yeah. okay, ready? You know, so he wanted to start working with larger chains. So he first started out with an ESI mm-hmm. and nailed a within. 10 days after his meeting, had a deal with a national retailer. Wow. And then he came to our session and then got another one. But he was already had an infrastructure. He was already doing business. Of course, he had to get a lot more buttoned up and right. a sure. lot more uh, uh, paperwork, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but so, yeah, so it's basically you need to be ready to do business with retail. And then don't forget, you also have range me. So you have Range Me Basic, which is free, which every single brand should Everyone. be on. Everyone. We we actually onboard every participant onto Range Me before oh, yeah. Yeah. the sessions because Makes they should sense. all. There's no excuse. It's free. There's no, no it's excuse. Like, why would you not be on LinkedIn in 2021? Right? Like, yes, of course, get on Range Me. In exactly. So get a free you profile. Know, yep. Yeah. Between us and Range Me, there's something for every brand at every single stage. Even yeah. Range Me has different levels. They have the premium. I think they they have the pro now too. So they have something for different levels uh, of of uh, different stages of uh, brands development as well. Yeah. And a lot of people come from Range Me to an ESI to ECRM Connect as they grow. Yep, that makes sense. And I think I want to highlight two things that you said in this you know, as we talked about this. And the first one is that a five minute meeting can open a lot of doors. And I, I love that you guys do five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute, because not, not every brand needs 20 minutes to get their pitch across. Like I would actually argue that five minutes, like you can do a lot in, in that length of time. And when, um, Joe, I think you know this, that when Natasha was prepping for her, her meeting, she kept coming back to our retail ready student group and she would, you know, post her pitch and, you know, get on our coaching calls and ask for feedback. And really like, I will tell you, like she was devoted. She spent a lot of time perfecting that pitch and practicing it and timing it and doing all of that so that she, she really was ready to work with you and your team and like knock it out of the park when, when she actually had those meetings. Yeah, we actually talked about that specifically that she brought up, you know, she went over her pitch in mm-hmm. the your Facebook in retail group. ready. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, exactly. And got feedback from them, which again, it's just that's why she's such a great example of what uh that's why I had to interview her. I mean, she's such yeah, a great example yeah. of and I wanted a hard example of a supplier that actually did it. So it's like, yeah, okay, it's not frozen's just hard and yeah, frozen's hard and liquor is hard and like, you know, she when I bet when I think when she was pitching, she was still in South Africa. She kind of got uh, yeah. stuck there a little bit mm-hmm. longer than expected with COVID. And she's now in California. She, you know, relocated here, but she was in, she was pitching from, you know, half of halfway around the world um, and getting all these things together, like from afar. So 
Absolutely. And that's what and we then, talked about before. They're breaking yeah. down the borders. You know, she's in totally. South Africa having yeah. meetings, yeah. <laughs> you know, with all these guys. And yeah. and it was a big success. And she was actually doing two sessions at the same time. Our Frozen and our uh, on-premise adult beverage were going yeah. on during the same week. So she was had two yeah. presentations. And then did she also, she researched all of the buyers beforehand. Yeah. So she yeah. had her core presentation, but she knew how she was going to adapt it depending on the retailer she was speaking with. Totally. She actually just raised her hand in last week in our Retail Ready student group saying that she wanted to do um, essentially like lead a coaching call for other Retail Ready students talking through her virtual pitch experience. So Joe, I'll tell you, I mean, I know she said this on the podcast with you. And again, I'll put those that in our show notes, but she, you know, she said personally, like how, how great that virtual pitch experience was and how much she wants other brands to do it and, and succeed as well. Um, it was really, really That's cool awesome. to hear her say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we talked a little bit about that meeting experience and like mm-hmm. what goes down on the actual, <laughs> on the actual platform. Um, and I feel like I've got a pretty good understanding um, of the, like the, the process itself, but I want to talk about the follow-up yep. um, before we, before we wrap up here, Joe, let's let's talk about this follow up. Like, what happens after you pitch? Sure, and and again, we make this all encompassing. Everything you go back into your profile, and there's a follow up site. So all of the notes and the rankings that you took on the platform during mm-hmm. your live meetings now reside in the follow up site, along with the contact information of all the buyers who you met with. So from one spot, you can either download it all as an Excel spreadsheet, do it on your own, or you can email them from there. But everything that you need is in your profile for your follow-ups. So you can get on it right away. And the beauty of it is that remains in your profile for the life of the account so that when you come back next year and the year after, you have that history. So you may meet with a buyer and the buyer says, you know, we love your stuff. But if you put it in this kind of packaging, then we'll put it on the shelf. Right. (laughs) And then during the year, you make that change and you see them next year and you say, hey, remember our last meeting? You said this while we listened to, you know, the buyers love when you come back again and, you know, maybe your product is not right the first time, but then when you hit it, you you come back to them with something new based on their input, you knock it out of the park. I mean, they love that. We see that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have brands. We have this one brand. He was a Brazilian pet company. And a Brazilian, uh, he made pet products from Brazil. He came to our pet program solely to get feedback from the buyers on Mm. how to rebrand his products Mm. for the U.S. market. And that's all he did. And then he took their input, made those changes, came back two years later and crushed it. Yeah, Oh, I, that's such a great example, Joe. I love that. So I think some of our listeners are like, okay, cool. Like I think virtual pitching, like, yes, like I, I see, I see that it's the wave of the future, but the way I win buyers over is from the taste of my product. Like my product is so delicious. I just have to put like a sample in their mouth and then they say, yes, um, I'm going to ask two questions here. Like one, Joe, like, do you hear this as well? And two, what do you, what do you say to that when, when someone's convinced that it's the samples that, that 
seal the deal? And like, how are you getting samples in front of buyers in this virtual pitch environment? Well, we found a way around that. But what was interesting that we found based on buyer feedback is that they realized the samples weren't as important as they originally thought. Yes. What yes, they're yes, saying, yes. Yeah. What they're yes. saying is without the samples that are in front of you, yep. they can completely focus. They can focus yep. better on the actual meeting. And then if they want samples, they can request them afterwards. But for those who do, those buyers that do want samples beforehand, right? Again, our CSMs are constantly working and in communication with both the buyers and the suppliers. Well, for those buyers, some of them want samples beforehand. Our guys would reach out to the brands and have them send them to those buyers. And obviously, it's going to the houses uh, in a right, lot of cases. Right, yeah. Or they'll send it to their office. They'll go pick it up. But yep. we arrange ahead of time to get those samples to them. So for the buyers that do want to try out stuff, we have that potential but we're finding more and more the buyers don't want it. One, they don't want a ton of samples in their house to deal with. Right. And yes. uh, two, they, they're finding it's not as necessary because, you know, like you know, sure, it might taste as individual, right? The yeah, buyer's really concerned about it's subjective, their yeah. consumers. So yep. the sample has not been as big a deal, which is good because like when it comes to beer, wine, and liquor, that's a whole nother story with <laughs> restrictions by, by yep. state and all yep. that. So. Yep. But yeah, it has not been as big a di- uh, uh, as big an issue. Uh, in fact, the buyers kind of like it, uh, yeah. just being able to focus without them. But just in case they do want it, we make it happen. So there's yeah. plenty of ways. And again, the range me button is right there. So the buyer, if uh, they want to get samples, they just click the range me button. It takes them to the profile of that supplier. And then you have the request samples button. So two clicks, boom, it's yeah. done. They don't have to worry about it. I mean, I even think from from my buyer experience that one of the main reasons why I would request samples was so that I could see the actual packaging and see see the physical packaging and and you know hold it in my hand and think like how is this going to look on my shelf? Um, like, does it look high end enough to warrant this price point? Like, how, how does what is the actual packaging like? And I think what's cool now with the virtual pitches is. You can just show the packaging over the screen, right? Like yep. have have that, you know, have some really wonderful professional photography and you can still present that same experience to the buyer. You could even do a mock-up of it on a metro shelf like in your category and and all of a sudden that that buyer doesn't need to to like actually hold the package um so much. Exactly, anymore. that's a great point. I mean, we recommend yeah. both a combination. Have a 3D mock-up on yep. uh, your presentation slide but also have the product so you could either hold it in your hand so that they see the size or you have it displayed, you know, behind you. There's, there's one, uh, one brand that does, I love the company name. It's such an awesome name. It's called Total Cluster Fudge. <laughs> and she has got such a personality. She dresses yep. up in an apron with a logo yep. and a tie, yep. but she has behind her custom built shelves with all mm-hmm. her products displayed. So, and then she keeps them under her computer too. So you could see them on a shelf and then she could hold them up too. So any, you could get as creative as you want with that. Natasha had her popsicles uh, using double-sided tape. They were stuck to the wall behind her. So it looked like she was surrounded by floating popsicles. (laughs) I love it. So yeah, your only limits your imagination and how creative, but you know Uh, what? They also want to see people. They'd like... 
the people side. They want you to be passionate. They want you to have energy. They want to to have that conversation. It's not just here's my product to more A, here's product B, here's product C. Right, right. The the best virtual pitches that I've seen are the ones that really have some personality to them. Okay, so Joe, before I let you go, because I know that this is this has been a long episode, but I swear yeah. to you, I could I could talk to you for another hour. Before I let you go, I, I want to talk through two things. First off, um, tell me tell me your prediction for the the future of retail retail buyer like uh, supplier connections. Is that going to stay virtual? Are we going to go back to in person? Like, what do you predict is going to happen post pandemic? Well, virtual is definitely here to stay. I mean, we are going to be primarily virtual. Obviously, our industry and the buyers are going to drive what ultimately where we go. But what we're hearing from the buyers is they want virtual. Uh, There's just there's way too many benefits for them for virtual. So we always think now, obviously, post pandemic, there will be in person events in the industry, there will be a place for in person, certainly. But Virtual is always going to remain a component. That's what we're hearing across the board from buyers across all categories, all sizes of retailers. My prediction itself is that any first meeting with a buyer is always going to be virtual Mm. from now on. From Mm. what we talked about before, right? You said you could see maybe a handful of suppliers in a day if you were doing it in person but you could see 20 virtually in a day if you just carved out the time. So that first round, you know, that first round, the buyer, whether it's on our platform, hopefully, but whether it's on our platform Mm -hmm. or the buyers do it on their own, that first introductory meeting with a supplier, with a brand is going to be virtual. And then if they're interested, they'll, you know, then once they start moving forward, then you'll have the in-person meeting to kind of roll up your sleeves and get stuff done. But that initial meeting, I think, is really going to be virtual. And also, platforms and digital tools are going to keep improving. I mean, Mm, we keep evolving every time. ECRM Connect today is going to be night and day. You know, ECRM Connect in a year from now is going to be night and day from what we have today. And you already grew so much since last May. I mean, you... You you built a platform based off 25 years of in-person experience, and you're still going to develop it over the next the next 25 yeah. years, right? We're not stopping. I mean, our guys, yeah. our our digital guys are always tinkering with new things. Always, because yeah. I'm in the meetings. <laughs> uh, you know, you guys might be the first to like bring virtual reality to the buyer pitches. I'll just predict that now. Yeah, right. We'll give everybody uh, uh, VR <laughs> headsets. headsets, and yeah, exactly. they'll just. They'll, they'll be an in-person meeting, but in their in their room, they'll exactly. have all the products on the shelf. But yeah, yeah the technology is getting to that point where really you can get most of the elements of the in-person experience yeah. um, uh, in there. And and it's that's that's not going to go away. People realize that by now we've done been through a whole cycle, a year's worth of uh, people doing virtual meetings for all different supplier review times and stuff. I mean, buyer review times. So we know, we know the deal with it. Yep. Absolutely. I fully agree with you. Okay, Joe, before I let you go, tell me how folks can keep in touch with you. Sure. Well, before I do that, I just wanted to let you know that for any of your retail ready members, 
Uh, yes. Our food and beverage uh, SVP is giving $100 off for any retail ready members that uh, want to come to one of the food and beverage sessions. I think we have uh, like 30 to 40 of them now uh, throughout the year across all categories. So uh, just, Joe, you that's, know. That's awesome. Um, what we'll do is... If you are a retail ready student and you are listening to this podcast, we will connect you. We can connect you directly with Joe. Joe, does that make sense? Like we connect yes. you direct yeah, connect, to like verify enrollment and yeah. Oh, that's super generous. And I, yeah. I think that like, I'll just say the, the like combination of ECRM, you know, service managers, your customer support team, and then the retail ready community and our coaching calls, you know, like Natasha saw, like, can be so, so powerful. Yeah. That's, that's very generous of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, Joe. A, it's a good one to punch. Exactly. And, uh, it takes oh, a village. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I uh, want to give you my contact information, but I want to say, you know, talking about the future of virtual, one of the other things it does, I'll be really quick yeah. about this is it allowed you, you're freed up from time and location. Yeah. And that opens up a whole bunch of opportunities. For example, what we've been doing uh, with, with Meyer and with Schnucks, we worked with them to launch their first supplier diversity initiatives, right? Mm. And that was done with ECRM and RangeMe, right? People would apply through RangeMe and then the buyers at, uh, at each grocer would review those and then they would select specific ones to have face-to-face meetings with on our platform. And we mm. did it with Staples too, when Staples launched a specific program aimed at um, products for work at work from home people. So we're able to like, if a buyer, if a retailer wants to say, hey, I got this special thing I want to do, we can kind of just do it because we don't have to get a hotel and schedule right. a time. We yeah. can just do it. So it's ultimate flexibility. And that's also, you're going to see more of those things uh, in the future as well. I think that's so smart because you already have the contacts, like the contacts on both sides of the table and you, you know, like you said, nobody's flying cross country or around the globe. You just put them together virtually. They want to do it. We just launch it. So, uh, so yeah. So my, as far as contacting me, uh, LinkedIn, I'm on all the time. So it's just Joseph Tarnowski. Just search me. Uh, I'm very public on LinkedIn. I put a lot of stuff on there. Uh, my Instagram is at Tarnowski Joseph. My Twitter is at Tarnowski Joseph. But, uh, and then our website, you know, ecrm.marketgate.com. And that'll take you wherever you want to go. But anybody, feel free to reach out to me, message me on LinkedIn, email me, and I will put you in front of the person that you need. Our guys are very responsive. <laughs> they get back to you instantly. Yes. And uh, so any questions or anything like that, feel free to reach me any way you see fit. Awesome, Joe. I will put all of that, all of those bits of contact uh, contact points in our show notes as well. So thank you. Thanks, Joe, for coming on the podcast today. I, you know, like I said, I can, I can talk to you for hours and I'm just so grateful for you in our, in our industry and all the connections that you, you facilitate and, and all that you do for our emerging brands. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. I had a blast and we still got to do that one about books. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. That can be our to be continued episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much. Okay, my whizzes, there you have it. All of the information that you could ever want on how to use ECRM Connect for your virtual pitches. Joe and I just dropped a lot of information today. So 
I'd like to invite you to find all of those links that we talked about, including our past podcast episodes and the resources for you. Just make sure you click through to our show notes. From there, let's continue the conversation in the Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. We have about 2,100 food founders in there collaborating and connecting around growing your brands. So I would love to see you join us. Again, find that invite directly in our show notes. So thank you as always for tuning in today. Make sure you join me again next week as I'm chatting with my, my colleague, David Brown, who is a brown, oh, excuse me, a brand and retail consultant. For more than a decade, David has been the principal writer and analyst of the State of the Specialty Food Industry Report produced by the Specialty Food Association. And he's going to come back on the podcast to talk about what we learned about the specialty food industry in 2020, what habits will stick in 2021, and how we can use that information to grow our businesses. I will see you right back here next week. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.